Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday afternoon as we get into the deep off season. There is not as much to talk about anymore as there used to be. Uh, the beginning of this month was nuts. Even in the end of June, it was just bonkers. But now the, the news cycle has clearly slowed down. Everybody seems to be going off and doing their vacations right now. I'm actually currently back in South Carolina, uh, helping my girlfriend move into a new apartment, so having a grand old time down here. Wanted to get into uh, a topic that probably is a little bit early, but wanted to discuss it in terms of the rest of this offseason, heading into the next regular season, and that is the Nuggets 2020 free agent class. This is a large group, and it's a group that I think will say a lot about the Nuggets as they come out on the other side, uh, who they retain, who they decide to bring back, who they decide to trade or then let go in free agency. There are a lot of players that they have that they could go either direction on, and if they went either direction, I wouldn't really be surprised. So going to be interesting to see how this list turns out and whether all of these guys come back. It's just going to be me today, so I wanted to go over these seven free agents and then get you guys on your merry way. Top guy I wanted to talk about, start off the list with, is Paul Millsap, who just uh, had his team option exercised for the 2019-2020 free agency or regular season. Uh, the Nuggets then brought in Jeremy Grant, who is also going to be on this list. Uh, but Paul Millsap has a one-year deal, basically, for $30 million. He was brought back to likely be the starting power forward for this next season. But nothing is guaranteed beyond that. The Nuggets decided that they didn't want to renegotiate his contract and then add him onto the salary for onto the books for the future. And given what they did with Jamal Murray and given... The money that they already have committed to Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, Will Barton, guys like that. It's not surprising that they didn't want to tie any more long-term money up to somebody in Millsap who's 34 years old, going to be 35 during this regular season. To me, I think it's very smart for them to play it out with one year because they brought back Jeremy Grant or brought in Jeremy Grant, excuse me. It doesn't seem like a very uh, likely thing that they're going to bring back Paul Millsap long term. Uh, Jeremy Grant clearly brought in with the eye on the future as well. I actually have been of the mind that they may start Jeremy Grant at points during this season, whether it be to give Paul Millsap a little bit more rest or whether it's because 
Paul Millsap is actually declining as a player as he hits age 35. It wouldn't surprise me either way, but Paul Millsap right now, as everybody knows, fits extremely well with Nikola Jokic. That combination over the last two years has been excellent. Uh, Paul Millsap had the best plus-minus net rating on the team over the last couple of years. When he's on the bench, the Nuggets were actually an average team. When he's in the lineup, they play at an elite level. Uh, Hopefully that, that balances out a little bit more as Jeremy Grant is a competent backup for him, a starter quality backup, kind of in the line of, Malik Beasley backing up Gary Harris or Mason Plumley backing up Nikola Jokic. Obviously, those guys aren't at the same level, but in terms of backups, Mason Plumley is a pretty solid option. And then with Paul Millsap, you know that you're going to get a guy who is very steady. He's a complementary player to Jokic, to Murray, to Harris in these lineups. I would expect him to take a little bit more of a backseat over the course of this next year simply because it is his last year. And uh, last year on this deal, and I think the Nuggets are really going to start eyeing the future a little bit more, Michael Porter Jr. will be engaged in the fold. They don't know what they're going to do with Juancho Hernan Gomez as far as I know. Uh, Both of those guys are much younger options in addition to Jeremy Grant. Jared Vanderbilt is also on this team and probably won't receive any minutes at all unless it's injury-related or guys are resting. So there's a lot of rotation questions, and simply slotting in Paul Millsap as a guy who plays 28 minutes per game probably isn't something the Nuggets want to do uh, on a consistent basis. Now, he may play that on, on most nights, but... With a guy like Millsap, he's somebody that they're going to want to rest on occasion. He's somebody that they know they need to give a break in order for him to be at peak optimization for the playoffs. They did a reasonably good job this past year of making sure that he didn't play that many minutes, even though he was extremely important. A lot of those minutes were with Mason Plumlee at the power forward position next to Nikola Jokic, but now that Jeremy Grant is in the fold, they may just be able to play Paul Millsap at the four pretty consistently and play Jeremy Grant as a very traditional backup power forward that sometimes plays starter minutes or closes games. Uh, In terms of the 2020 free agency period, I don't know what to expect with Millsap, and I don't think the Nuggets do either, which is why they wanted to exercise this team option as opposed to locking him up long term. The Nuggets don't know where Millsap's level is going to be and what this team situation is going to look like in a year. Uh, Jeremy Grant, whether he proves that he's a quality power forward option for the future, if that happens, then they probably don't bring back Millsap and they just go young. If that doesn't happen and Millsap is clearly the better option over the course of this season, then it wouldn't surprise me if they kept him around. Uh, You never know. Either way, I don't think it's likely that Millsap is back because I have a lot of confidence in Jeremy Grant and I think the Nuggets do too. Next guy I want to talk about is Mason Plumley. Uh, had a rough playoffs over the over this past season. Uh, of course, the Nuggets bring in Jeremy Grant, who is a 
power forward but can play some center, uh, can play a little bit of small forward and a pinch, but that's not really his position. He's more of a 4-5 as opposed to a 3-4. Plumlee is going to be in a situation where he's not playing as much next to Jokic as he was in years past, simply because the Nuggets added another competent power forward option that they didn't have previously. Uh, Hernan Gomez sustained an injury during the year. Trey Lyle sustained an injury during the year. Makes it pretty easy for Plumlee to play power forward minutes in that scenario, but Jeremy Grant doesn't miss very much time, and he's a very competent option behind Millsap. So if those guys are playing, then I don't really expect uh, Mason Plumlee to take any of the minutes away from those guys. He isn't as good of an option at the power forward as either of those guys. And then add in guys like Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt, Wontrahan and Gomez. And it's, it just doesn't seem like there's much of a role for Plumlee other than the backups, uh, other than the backup center position. And for a guy who is going to earn probably four, he's going to earn 14 million per year or for the 2019, 2020 season. That is a small role for a guy that's going to earn that amount of money. Uh, the Nuggets are in a position where if they are looking for an upgrade, they may be able to trade Plumley as a guy who is on an expiring deal. Uh, that's why this 2020 free agent class for Denver is so interesting because he makes the second most amount of money among those guys and along with but doesn't play as as essential of a role in the 2019-2020 season as Paul Millsap does. So never know what's going to happen, but there are players that the Nuggets might be interested in whether they want to consolidate or if they just want to go go for a star or maybe they're just looking to get value on a guy that they don't think they're going to bring back. Uh Plumlee is a very competent option, though. I I want to make that very clear. He has great chemistry with Monte Morris in the second unit. I think he fits very well with Jeremy Grant. Those guys are going to be running the floor like crazy. Uh, Malik Beasley, uh, that that unit's going to play so fast, and it's going to be very fun to watch. But as we saw in the playoffs this past year, it's really hard to envision Plumlee being a consistent force um, with Jokic you want him to you want Jokic to be on the floor for 36 to 40 minutes a night because you you have to have him there and then the best players to play next to Jokic are the guys that are speedy that can stretch the floor a little bit but also protect the rim behind him and those guys are Millsap and Grant not necessarily Plumley. so He's in a position where his role is going to be cannibalized a little bit, and I wonder if the Nuggets don't know if they necessarily want to bring him back going forward. If they if they can even afford him, if they can't, if they do think they can afford him, and it makes sense to bring him back, then I think it's wise to keep him through the year because he is a solid backup center option. But at this number, at at fourteen million per year, I don't think it's in Denver's best interest to bring him back. They have guys developing and Bull Bull and and Thomas Welsh who could provide 10 to 15 minutes per game down the line and not 
uh, completely soil themselves. They could they could be okay in that situation. So I'm intrigued on what Denver does with Mason Plumley because I think if there is a guy in the rotation that they believe they can go without, he's probably the guy. Next, I want to talk about Torrey Craig because he's the last unrestricted free agent that the Nuggets will have. Uh, Torrey Craig stepped up in the playoffs extremely well. Uh, It wasn't perfect, but he did a great job stepping up as the primary defender on either Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum next to Gary Harris. He spaced the floor very well, or at least hit his shots uh, from the small forward position when he was inserted into the starting lineup in favor of Will Barton. Uh, That was something that over the course of the year 2019, he completely changed as a shooter, became more confident, was letting it fly, and the percentages bore that out. He was very strong there. I'm still a little bit shaky about whether the the three-point shooting is real, I think everybody would be wise to temper their expectations when it comes to Torrey Craig as a spacer. Uh, he still has a long way to go there, and and I definitely think that there is a scenario in which he does shoot 38, 39, 40%, but it's really about the attempts. It's really about the gravity. Uh, I think the teams are going to continue having him prove that he's a competent shooter, rather than just assuming that as a 38, 39, 40% three-point shooter, he's going to knock them down every time. And you think about it in a playoff setting, I think teams would much rather live with Torrey Craig shooting a three-pointer over Gary Harris shooting a three-pointer or Malik Beasley shooting a three-pointer. Even if Torrey Craig happens to be shooting a higher percentage at the time, I, I just don't know if that translates to the playoff setting. So, We will see what happens there, not to mention the Nuggets' wing rotation, if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy and they do want him to play, uh, the wing rotation is stacked. I don't really see a great fit for Torrey Craig, considering I think that Will Barton will reprise his role as the starting small forward, and then Gary Harris is the starting two, Malik Beasley has proven to be the backup two. And then I think that Michael Porter Jr., if you're going to find minutes for him, it can't be at the power forward position anymore because Jeremy Grant is there. It kind of has to be at small forward. So with Torrey Craig, you're looking at him as an 11th or 12th man. He's definitely overqualified for that role. He's a better player than an 11th or 12th man in a rotation. I think that he deserves to find a consistent role on a playoff team where that team needs them needs him for a guard defender or a wing defender that can space the floor off ball. Uh, with the Nuggets, their rotation is just so chock full with options that I don't know if he's going to necessarily play. So he's an interesting trade piece as well. Not in necessarily a bad way like you want to get rid of him, but there's an option for him to go earn a contract somewhere else. It's really hard to earn a contract from the bench, And uh, 
all of these guys are competing for contracts. We're going to talk about Malik Beasley next, and I think that he's going to want to earn a contract as well, and it's really hard to do that or really hard to earn a starter-level contract from a backup-level position. For Torrey Craig, it's hard to earn a regular NBA contract, something that gives him a little bit of uh, safety and security if he's not playing. And while teams are, while there will be a lot of money available, and while the 2020 free agent class isn't great, I'm not sure if Torrey Craig's going to get that money if he's not playing. So it wouldn't surprise me if he requested a trade, but don't take that as any sourced information. That is just me speculating. Uh, let me make that clear. Um, I do like Torrey Craig. I just don't know if there is a spot for him in this rotation because I think I like Malik Beasley on the Nuggets more. And then the Nuggets have to commit to Michael Porter Jr. to see what he has. So it's just a tough situation that I don't think is going to solve itself uh, without a move. Next guy I want to talk about, a touch on it already, Malik Beasley. Beasley is an excellent player. He's an excellent offensive player who I think has a lot of potential to be a high-volume three-point shooter in this league as an off-guard next to, like, think of him as a, a buddy healed type is what I would compare him to. Uh, he would work, like, Malik Beasley would work very well next to De'Aaron Fox, where you're playing very fast, you're getting up and down the floor, the point guard's gravity creates a lot of open shots for the shooting guard, and if you're a high-volume shooter at the shooting guard position that shoots 40% like Malik Beasley does, that's a really good scenario. Uh, Monte Morris is another great example of that for Beasley, but again, it's really hard to make starter money in the league with while you're playing on the bench. Uh, the Nuggets have a lot of great bench options, and that's a wonderful thing if you're going to rest players like I think they should, if you're going to... Uh, play a consistent rotation where the starters aren't playing a lot of minutes and the bench guys are playing a consistent amount. But I'm sure Malik Beasley is probably going to be looking for 25 minutes a night or more, and I just don't see where that manifests itself in the Nuggets rotation without uh, uh, being an issue for other players for Gary Harris, for example, he's going to be playing a consistent 30 to 32 minutes a night in all likelihood. How does he react if that number goes down to 26, 28 and Beasley's really nipping on his heels on a consistent basis? Maybe that doesn't impact him at all because he already got paid. Uh, or maybe Gary Harris really wants to prove that he's back and say, hey, I'm, I'm a quality option on this team and, and one of the best players and I want to be playing as much as I can to help the team. Maybe he's just maybe he's just the best player, and, and you want your best players to play as much as they can. Uh, but I think the Nuggets are going to have an interesting decision with Malik Beasley specifically in free agency because he is a free agent. There is going to be a lot of money available to teams and not a lot of great free agents in the 2020 class to pay. Beasley makes sense for a rebuilding team 
as somebody who has the potential to be a starter that the Nuggets can't necessarily afford because they gave Jamal Murray that money. Uh, Gary Harris has already paid. Will Barton, I don't know if they're going to be if they're going to be able to get out of that contract if they want to pay Beasley anyway, uh, without getting rid of and using an asset or or whatever. Uh, I like Beasley. I think he's a starting quality player who needs a little bit of time to develop and in his first real minutes prove that he has the potential to make an impact. He has to get better defensively. He has to be able to grow his game a little bit. He doesn't rebound or pass the ball like you want a shooting guard today to do. He's definitely more of an off-ball player, but you grow into that role. He's only 22, uh, still learning how to play the game of basketball, and he's been more of an athlete and, and shooter and like skill guy rather than somebody who's been thinking the game, and I think that that just comes with time. So if the Nuggets believe in him and they, and they believe in his ceiling, then they will create that time for him. I just don't know where that manifests itself if you're committed to Jamal Murray and Gary Harris and Michael Porter Jr. and guys like that. It wouldn't surprise me if Malik Beasley was traded because the Nuggets don't think that they can get anything or they, if they don't think they can retain him, then they might as well get something for him. Uh, I'm not sure what that trade looks like. I'm not sure whether they'd prefer to trade Gary Harris if they believe that Malik Beasley is the future of the shooting guard position. I don't think that's the case. I think that they really believe in Gary, and I can understand that. But when you look at Gary Harris right now, He's played 57 games this past year, 67 before that, 57 the year before that. So over the course of the last three seasons, he's missed a total of 65 games. That's a fair amount. And when you average missed a quarter of the season, then you need a quality backup in order to make up the difference there. So having Malik Beasley is great. Um, if you can afford him. I just don't think the Nuggets can. I think they're going to be in a real position where the money is getting very tight and you just can't pay everybody. So that's one of the premises for this podcast in general, because you've got seven free agents that I'm talking about, and I only think the Nuggets will bring back three or four of them, if that. So we'll see what happens there with Beasley, but a 40% three-point shooter that's 22 years old and, and projects to be even better over the course of the next few years, that's a guy that you want to keep around if you can, but we'll see what happens. Next guy I want to talk about is Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh, tale of two seasons for Wancho, he was elite as a role player over the course of the first couple of months of the season. Then he goes down with a core injury, has to sit out a game, uh, minutes get cut, doesn't shoot, uh, really struggles to put the ball in the basket over the course of the rest of the year. Um but you saw at the beginning of this season, and it's one of the reasons why the Nuggets were able to be the two seed, his chemistry with Nikola Jokic and his ability to slide into that role of starting small forward and be a competent option uh, 
you have Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap to carry the load as the the heavy usage options. But with Wancho, his ability to kind of fill in the gaps and be the spacing option and, and be a solid cutter and create easy shots on a low amount of volume, that that makes that makes a big difference. And we I think the game I'm envisioning specifically is the Oklahoma City Thunder game where Wancho closed the game next to Jokic and had a couple of great uh, cuts to the basket where Jokic made an excellent pass and, and Wancho was just in the perfect place with the perfect passing window to be able to get a layup or a dunk. And one of those plays was able to close the game. And when you have that ability, he's six foot nine. He stretches the floor like a, like a guard or an elite wing when he's healthy, but then to also be able to go inside and, and finish on, on cuts and layups and, uh, be in the, be in the eye of Nikola Jokic as somebody who wants to make those passes. That's a big deal. Uh, the Nuggets shouldn't be willing to give that up so easily. Uh, the injuries are a big deal. He's He had mono in his second season. He had this core injury in his third season. I want to see a healthy Wancho Hernan Gomez season and to see whether that can become something better. But like Torrey Craig, uh, like... Uh, Michael Porter Jr. even, these guys are fighting for minutes and they're going to be fighting with each other. I don't see the consistent role for Wancho. I don't see a consistent role for a lot of these guys simply because with so many options and with the combinations that Michael Malone has at his disposal, how can you make everybody happy? How can you justify developing Michael Porter Jr. when Wancho Hernan Gomez is shooting 40%? and plays well off of Nikola Jokic. Well, you can do that because you think that Michael Porter Jr. is a star in the making. And that might be true, or or it might not be. Um, I think it's great injury insurance to have Wancho Hernan Gomez around, but a team is going to look at Wancho in the 2020 free agent class and think, hmm, that guy could be our stretch four of the future. We're going to pay him $8 million a year, uh, the same salary that Davis Bertans got with the San Antonio Spurs and then was just recently traded uh, in order to uh, get him away from the Nuggets. And as a restricted free agent, the Nuggets have matching rights on Wancho Hernan Gomez's contract, but I don't know if they'd be in position where you can match that sort of money. Uh, $8 million per year for Wancho is a lot of money. And if he continues to play like I think he can, I think he deserves that contract. Uh, but again, when you have two max contract guys in Jokic and Murray, uh, you've got various other contracts on the books. You plan on giving Jeremy Grant a size of, a sizable raise for what he's able to do. Uh, you've got to think about retaining Monte Morris and Michael Porter Jr. down the line and and all of these other guys. It has to be smart, and I don't think the Nuggets are going to go that far over the tax, if at all, to retain all of these guys. So you just got to be smart about where you spend, and I think that with a guy like Wancho, that could be somebody who is lost in the music and 
and is missing at the end of it just because uh, he got paid and and you can't keep everybody if you try if you try then a lot of other issues arise and you could be trading the wrong person in the future so I like Wancho I think he's a good player I would love for him to be in the rotation kind of like Tory Craig but I just don't see the role for him especially with Jeremy Grant at the four uh Mason Plumley at the five. It's hard to play Wancho at the four to compensate for Denver's wings right now because you've got other options there too. So either something has to give or I don't think Wancho's going to play. The last restricted free agent is Thomas Welsh. He's on a two-way contract. He is not somebody I think Denver's going to prioritize given that they just drafted Bull Bull in the second round. Not sure what Tom, not not sure what Bull Bull's contract is going to be. That information hasn't come out yet. Whether he's getting a guaranteed contract or or he's being put on the second two-way contract slot that the Nuggets have. Either way, it's hard to see a ceiling with Thomas Welsh and and whether he can keep up with the NBA speed for eighty-two games a year and then in the playoffs. Welsh seems like the standard guy who plays 10 to 15 minutes a night off the bench to back up a, a center and then doesn't play at all in the playoffs because he can't really match up with the speed and the intensity. Uh, and that may be a good enough role for him. That may be enough for Denver to say, hey, look, Mason Plumley, where we, we believe in you and we like you, but we've got Thomas Welsh and we think that we can pay him Three million a season, two million a season for the next four years, and don't necessarily have to pay Mason Plumley ten million a year to fill a similar role. Now, if they believe in Thomas Welsh, that's something I think that they could do. But without seeing him on the floor, without seeing him in those situations, I think it's going to be hard to justify giving him that kind of contract and put that put him in that position. Um, it could happen. It could be a situation where he and Bull Bull are just uh, going to play the backup center position going forward, and the Nuggets are going to try and give those guys every opportunity to win that job over each other. But you never know. Um, right now, we haven't seen a lot of Thomas Welsh. I, I think he's a skilled player who knows how to play the game but doesn't necessarily have the body to play it. Um, that could be wrong. He could change his body over the course of the next couple of years, but he's he's an older second-year player now. Uh, didn't really see a lot in summer league over the course of the last couple of weeks to change my mind about that in any direction. Uh, he only played 16 minutes per game in summer, summer league, so... It's, it's hard to tell. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Uh, if he can continue to develop his game and be a solid offensive option, somebody who could space the floor, somebody who can pass, who could rebound offensive rebounds, then there's a role for him. But Michael Malone wants somebody who can control the glass defensively, who can organize the defense. Uh, Thomas Welsh is the loudest yeller in the room when it comes to defensive pick and roll coverages. So maybe he has an option there, but 
I'm a little bit concerned about his athleticism at the next level, whether he can handle the pick and roll against a guy like Russell Westbrook or somebody akin to that. Uh, We'll see what happens with him. Last guy I want to talk about is Jeremy Grant. Uh, He has a player option, so technically could pick that up in the 2020-21 season, and the Nuggets wouldn't necessarily have to uh, negotiate a contract with him until after that point. But I do think he's going to decline that option just because of how much money there is on the 2020 free agency class. Like it's it's very possible that he's a top ten free agent in the in the class of twenty twenty. I know that's crazy to say, but uh, how many players that are of his caliber are, are six foot nine power forwards that can protect the rim and space the floor? There just aren't that many guys like that. So he's going to find it. He's going to find the money, and I I, I hope it's the Nuggets that pay him just because of how well he projects to fit with Nikola Jokic. Um, he's athletic. He's somebody who can play the dunker spot, kind of like a Kenneth Fareed. But he's somebody who, if he continues to develop his game, can space the floor in those situations and can shoot three-pointers at a high level and hit 38% of his shots. And if he continues to up that ante, then that makes him even more dangerous and, and much more of a likely fit in Denver's future. Uh Again, I like Jeremy Grant. I actually think it's debatable about whether he or Paul Millsap should start uh, in terms of pure player quality. Uh, Millsap is probably going to start, and I would expect him to start just because he fits extremely well with Nikola Jokic right now. And Jeremy Grant actually fits better than Paul Millsap with the bench unit because he can space the floor next to a guy like Mason Plumlee. Uh, But going forward... You want to see what Jeremy Grant can do next to Jokic, what Jeremy Grant can do next to Murray and Michael Porter Jr. and guys like that. Um, Why not? Uh, Why not see what you have right now, especially if you've got to pay the guy in a year? Uh, If you think that he's the power forward of the future, then play him with the guys that are are your future, just to make sure. Murray's going to be in a position where he's looking to make a leap and and Jokic is already the superstar player. If you have a guy in Jeremy Grant who's 25, who you think could be that fourth or fifth best player on a championship team, or at least the fourth or fifth option in the starting lineup, then you got to make sure. You got to make sure before you commit $15 million a year per him, uh, for him four years, 60 million and say, yeah, this is definitely our guy. Uh, there is no world in which I think you have to, you worry about offending Paul Millsap because Paul Millsap isn't in the future plans. He's, uh, he's going on 35 during this next season. That's the year where players really start to fall off. And, I think that you got to see what you have with Jeremy Grant to make sure that that's what the best fit is. And feelings can't get in the way of that. The Nuggets are in the business of winning championships and, and trying to be as great of a team as they can for as long as they can. Uh, if Grant helps you, then you got to play him. That's simple as that. So that's going to do it for me. I'm Ryan Blackburn, Nuggets numbers at NBA Blackburn. Uh, 
probably going to have another podcast in a couple of weeks, but as we head into the deep offseason, we're going to just see what happens. Uh, if there's any major news that breaks, I will record a podcast and give you my thoughts. I'm looking to have some interesting guests on uh, as August hits, as September hits, to try and get everybody primed for the 2019-2020 season. The schedule will drop very soon. It's going to be fun. I hope the Nuggets can get some more national TV games, national coverage. They deserve it, clearly. Uh, But either way, thank you for listening to Nuggets Numbers, and I will see you guys in a couple weeks. 